Hello, welcome to this week's economy. Today is July 27, 2023. I'm your host, Dr. Vance Gann. Thank you for joining me again today. If you missed the Let People Prosper show this week that came out on Tuesday, please go and check it out. It's with Dr. Judy Shelton, where we break down what's going on with the Fed, what is and what is not money, how Milton Friedman thought about money, and a lot of other key issues that you don't want to miss that discussion about interest rates, especially with the Fed decision this week that I'm going to talk about in a minute. And then next Tuesday in the Let People Prosper show, John Mozina is going to be on the program to talk about corporate welfare and how it distorts markets, um, is not a role for government and, and everything else. And so it's a, he's a great um, the guest. And so I think you'll really enjoy it. So please share, be sure to check those out. Remember, you can get all your show notes at advancedgain.substack.com where you get it right in your inbox. So please subscribe there or my website, advancedgain.com, where there's a lot of other information as well. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Yesterday, I'm recording this on Thursday. So yesterday, the Federal Reserve, they raised the overnight lending rate between banks, what's called the federal funds rate, their target, right? They don't control it, but they target it at to the 5.25%. They raised it 20 from, 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 sorry, from 5.25% by 50 basis points to 5.5%, which is the highest in 22 years. And remember, just last year, we had an inflation rate running hot of about 9%, which was about the highest in 40 years. So it makes sense that interest rates are now going up, at least the target. We're seeing other interest rates along the yield curve, 10-year notes and others going up as well. It's interesting the stock market continues to remain hot, at least as of yesterday. The Dow has been up 14 days in a row, which is the most days in a row since 1987, which we know in 1987, there was the market crash. So we'll see what's happening there. And if you have to go back, if it's up again today for the 15th day in a row, you have to go back to 1897 to have the Dow going up for that many days in a row. So that's something else for us to watch because there's still so much liquidity in the marketplace. This is one reason why I've been making the case that we don't need to just look at the interest rate itself, which are now high, uh, positive uh, real interest rates. Um, they've been negative for a while as inflation was higher than that federal funds rate. But now in inflation is, is down, at least from the CPI of 3% year over year, um, even GDP numbers closer to 2% year over year. So we are seeing positive real interest rates, which will start to stifle investment and things of that nature moving into the future. But I think we also must look at the balance sheet. I know I said this over time, I'll be a broken record, that's fine. But the Federal Reserve needs to more aggressively cut its bloated balance sheet now. It needs to go back to something like normal, at least cut its rate year over year, double what it is now is what I think would be a good approach. And you know, I wrote about this recently in a Daily Caller piece that I'll put a link to where inflation is down, is Bidenomics responsible? Not so fast, right? Really, we've had a lot more government spending, increase in deficits, increase in deficits as far as the eye out, eyes out can see from the Congressional Budget Office even. And so this is not a good situation put in place by the Biden administration and Congress. And they're just overspending, overregulating, and overtaxing the economy. So I don't see the supply side of the economy really giving up much or be able to expand as quickly as what it should. So you don't get the deflationary, the disinflationary aspect there, but it's mainly coming from the demand side, from the, the money, money supply, right? And what the Federal Reserve is doing. So this is one reason why I think they need to drain their balance sheet as quick as possible. And then that will also allow for more markets to clear based on market exchanges and trust that's in the market exchange versus what the what government planning is really doing across the economy. So I think we're going to still continue to see slow growth um, along with probably higher inflation in the future, which is why the Federal Reserve said, or Ch Chairman uh, Jerome Powell said, look, we're going to continue to look at the situation, may have to raise rates in the future. But if they don't start cutting their balance sheet, we're going to still have some problems moving forward. So that that's what I'll say there. The second big thing out 
today actually was gross domestic product. It's the second quarter 2023 advanced estimate. Um, and it says it increased at an annual rate. This is reported by the Bureau of Economic Analysis of 2.4% in the second quarter of 2023, according to the advanced estimate released by the Bureau of Economic Analysis. In the first quarter, real GDP increased 2%. And there's some analysis here of different factors and everything else. But when you break down, if you look at the related materials at that link, there's a, a nice spreadsheet that you can look at showing uh, on table one, where you have gross domestic product up 2.4%, personal consumption expenditures, kind of the what we're spending and buying on things are 1.6%. Net exports of goods and services was down 10.8% as we're importing more than we, we exported. Um, government consumption expenditures increased 2.6%. I mean, those are the big the big ones and gross domestic investment up 5.7%. So it was really not much on the consumption side, a lot on the investment side and a lot on government spending side. Um, and that's something that we got to know, right? Is this is all coming from GDP, which is measured by consumption plus investment plus government spending plus net exports on the production side, which are spending, which remember that the economy grows by savings and investment growing the supply side longer term, not on demand side factors, as these are more short run and especially the government so whenever, um, you know, government is a drain on the private sector. I mean, they put in place rules of the game and property rights and things of that nature, but otherwise should be getting out of the way. And so what you'll see some in the media saying, look, government expenditures are adding to growth. It's like, okay, but that also means we have to tax in order to pay for those or it's future debt if the federal government is issuing more debt which just means, um, I remember Michael Munger on the Life People Prosper recently said DAFT, which is an acronym for deficits are future taxes. And that's really all it is. So this is slowing down economic growth over time. So if you take the contributions, like how do we get to that 2.4% growth in the second quarter of GDP? And you look at the different components, government consumption expenditures and gross investments. So the major part of government that, that's going into GDP, it increases a contribution 0.45% percentage points of that 2.4 percentage point increase, right? For the second quarter of 2023. Uh, so if you subtract that out, the growth in the real private economy was was 1.95 percent. So slower. If you look at the sec first quarter, you know, there was a growth number of 2 percent, but government spending contributed 0.85 percent percentage points of that. So the real private sector only grew by 1.15 percent. So we're still having slower growth Overall, I think this is this is not the sort of growth that we needed the three or four percent to really get the economy going again, to bring increase the supply side of the economy, to bring inflationary pressures down. And so we're going to have some trouble in the future on productivity and other factors that are out there and these drains from increased government spending and lack of economic freedom that's going on. So that's something that we really want to continue to watch as we're moving forward there. And and and, when, and another thing on that is it's good to see that investment is going up. But how much longer will that last, given that interest rates are rising and everything else? It could also be some of the buy now phenomenon, where if you see interest rates are going up in the future, you buy more today to take into account the higher cost of capital in the future. So that's something else that we want to watch. Um, I was also on NTD News yesterday talking about tax havens and profit sharing. And, and basically, the argument was by the Tax Justice Network, a progressive group, saying, look, um, we're losing, I think it was $4.7 trillion over the next decade in tax collections globally because of illegal tax behavior. Some of it's legal as well and things of that nature. And so their point was, is that we need to make sure we tax the wealthy more, make sure we close loopholes and everything else so that governments can have that additional revenue to, to spend because they want to spend it, right? And, and look, I, I think we should be closing loopholes and everything else, but to make a broader base so we can have lower rates to fund more limited government. 
We need to focus on government spending is too much, not only the U.S., but globally. And so that way we can balance budgets more that way than trying to figure out how do we make sure that people pay, kind of quote unquote, their fair share and everything else. That's not really what it's all about. And by the way, most of this is not illegal tax behavior, which is illegal. You can go after them. This is from legal actions based on the credits and the loopholes and everything else that's in the tax system that makes it more complicated, which should be done away with. So that way we can have lower rates because by narrowing the tax base, you're getting higher rates in the process. And ultimately, I like for us to move away from income taxes altogether. So you pay sales taxes, so you can avoid a lot of these exemptions and loopholes and everything else and have a more productive economy. So check out that take that I did on NTD News. And the, the next thing I want to talk about was recently I was in, up in Michigan uh, near Detroit with the Mackinac Center folks, great folks up there, Mackinac Center for Public Policy, talking about can Michigan buy its way to growth? The answer is no, is that they need a lot more reforms of constraining government spending, which I work with them on sustainable Michigan budget. Um, tax reform and their right to work repeal recently was a bad news by Governor Whitmer. So this is something that's going to take them in the wrong direction that I hope that they can overcome soon. But I'll be sure to put that in the show notes page, that video, so you can go back and watch it. I talk a lot about economic freedom. Um, James Holman from the Mackinac Center also talks about the details of the Michigan budget. And this is part of my bigger push bigger work on my Let People Prosper project is these responsible budgets in the state budget project that I'm also working with Americans for Tax Reform, where it really is talking about limiting government spending to population inflation so you can have sustainable tax reform and ultimately more people prospering because of more economic growth. And the last thing I wanted to mention here today was that in real clear policy at a piece, threads versus Twitter can only happen in a free market. And basically talking about we need to stop all this antitrust nonsense out of the FTC, the Department of Justice, trying to push back, reduce competition. They're trying to say they're going to increase competition, but government always reduces competition when it gets involved and let the markets work. You know, initially, a lot of people got on threads just in the first couple of days. Um, they, had they had 30 million downloads in less than 24 hours with more than 150 more million downloads to date when I wrote this on July 20th. But it, it's been coming down some since then, as I talked about, as some people they weren't using it as often and, and everything else. And some people were leaving Twitter because of some of the issues going there. I guess it now it's called X. Um, so I guess X eating. I'm not sure exactly what you call it all now. But 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 I think what's the most important part of this is that we need to let entrepreneurs be able to thrive, whether it's Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, and everyone else, uh, make sure they're following the rules of the game. But otherwise, the government should get out of the way and let people decide. And that's exactly what they're doing is they're moving with their feet, using different programs or not using other programs. And that is how we allow for better systems, more regulated systems by the free market, by individuals, consumer sovereignty, not by government getting in the way because that's going to create problems. So... With all that said, I hope you have a great week and a great weekend. And until next time, let people prosper.